on this episode of TR Talk. Phil, I just I think I just needed something to keep me focused to keep like I needed something to just kind of tell myself like you know I'm I'm not like there's a reason that I'm doing all this there's a reason that I'm taking risks and there's a reason that I'm pushing myself and it's it's because I'm not fucking around like it's because I'm not, I'm not I'm not out here doing this stuff just just to do it like I I have like a mission and my mission is to is to build the best most exciting career for myself and really stretch and push myself and to do the things that I think that I'm capable of doing <laughs> Good morning to TR Talk Nation. This is Tommy Tahoe Lamo alongside my co-host and good friend, Ryan Warner. We are here with another episode of TR Talk where we interview leaders in their field to learn how millennials can fast track their personal development and kick ass in all areas of life. On this episode, we have an interview with editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, Jason Pfeiffer. Outside of Entrepreneur Magazine, Jason also runs two popular podcasts, Pessimist Archive and Problem Solvers. He has an upcoming book coming later this year and drops some absolute knowledge on his path to success and his mantra of I'm not fucking around. It is must listen. Want to give a quick shout out to the TR Talk fan of the week, Heather Fur. What's up, girl? Heard you make a fantastic chicken chili we appreciate the love we appreciate the support keep on keeping on if you'd like to support the tr talk podcast if anything we've said in these 29 episodes has provided you value please head over to itunes subscribe be our 67th five-star review that means we already have 66 and share us out on social media tell your mother tell your brother tell a random guy you see on the street about us We cannot tell you how much that means if you do. But now we want to take you back to our interview with Jason Pfeiffer. All right, Jason Pfeiffer, welcome to TR Talk, man. Good morning. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're we're fired up for this one, man. So, um, you know, we were listening to you on Aubrey Marcus's podcast, and um, yeah, you know, we we love the mantra of "I'm not fucking around," and uh, we've been writing it down. We've taken it to heart. We love it. Um, and we wanted to kick this thing off strong and hear from you what the origin of that is and, and how that's helped to shape your career. Yeah, well, so there are two ways to answer that question, two kinds of origins. I suppose to start, for those who haven't listened to the Aubrey Marcus podcast, I should explain what that is in the first place. So that is something, that phrase, I'm not fucking around, is something that I just started telling myself at some point, I can't remember exactly when it was, but it was, I think when I started taking real risks in my career and also felt like I had an actual shot at making the kind of career that I wanted. I started in community newspapers, working for these this tiny little paper called the Gardner News, 6,000 circulation daily paper in North Central Massachusetts. And I just, I just hated it. And I, I eventually quit it and I, I freelanced in my bedroom for nine months and just shooting story pitches out into the darkness and hoping that some editor would respond. And eventually, uh, you know, they, I got, I got some pieces in the Washington post and Boston globe and so on. And then I, I took a, I took a, a somewhat larger community newspaper job that I didn't want, but I was just so bored and lonely in my bedroom. And, uh, and then I started freelancing for Boston magazine. Uh, and I, and I saw an opening that was potentially going to happen there. So I quit my, I quit my second job with <laughs> two jobs in a row and I moved to Boston and I told the editor in chief of the magazine that I was ready to work there. And, uh, he, he 
thank God he said yes. <laughs> it took a while. It took a while. It took like a few months, but he he said yes. And that was what totally changed my career. And at some point during that, I felt I just I think I just needed something to keep me focus to keep like I needed something to just kind of tell myself like you know I'm I'm not like there's a reason that I'm doing all this there's a reason that I'm taking risks and there's a reason that I'm pushing myself and it's it's because I'm not fucking around like it's because I'm not I'm not I'm not out here doing this stuff just just to do it like I I have like a mission and my mission is to is to build the best most exciting career for myself and really stretch and push myself and to do the things that I think that I'm capable of doing so I just started telling myself that and and I guess I guess that's just the origin of it um and you know it's funny I I hadn't so the other the other way to talk about the origin of it is like the origin of telling Aubrey that story which which was that I so I do a lot of public speaking, and one of the reasons that I say yes to being on panels is because it gives me an opportunity to almost workshop new material. <laughs> like, you know, when you're on a when you're on a panel, it, it sucks because you're not actually talking as much because you're sharing the stage time with a bunch of other people. And if you're a guy like me who likes to be talking to people, that's almost frustrating. But it's great because <laughs> it, you get questions that you didn't anticipate and you get to go off on tangents that you hadn't really done before. And you see how the audience reacts to that. And if somebody, if people like what you say, then you think like, oh, I should, I should talk about this more because people like this. So I, I had mentioned the not fucking around thing on, on a panel, one previous to the one that I was on with Marf, with Aubrey. And, uh, and it went well there. So then I used it again on that panel with Aubrey and the crowd really liked it. And Aubrey really liked it. And so he just seized upon it. And then when we did the podcast, um, a little bit after that panel, he wanted to really dive into that thing, which was awesome. And and then, of course, now that Aubrey broadcast that thing to his enormous subscriber base, uh, it's now become a thing that people ask yeah. me about. So this this is like the origin. It's like the origin of a of a meme or something. Um, and uh, and now and now it's like part of it's it's part of the speaking repertoire, I guess. Well, dude, we I write it. This is Ryan. I write it down every day. And if I'm you know feeling a little lazy or feeling soft i look at it i'm like that's right man i'm not fucking not around let's around. go man and then yeah. arbery even arbery even took it to another level you know, very arbery marcus ish and goes you know i'm not fucking around even when i'm fucking around which yeah. i love that part too uh, yeah yeah I really <laughs> <like that. laughs> um well so, that's yeah so has there been you know kind of di diving deeper into that i'm not fucking around like has there been a a, a time specifically or or multiple times where you've been down in the dumps or, you know, you got fired or had financial troubles and that phrase or that mantra helped you to get back up on your feet or help you to kind of take your game to the next level somehow? Yeah. Well, you know, it's fu a funny thing about having a mantra, at least for me, is that at some point, at some point it stops being like the word and the phrase and it just, it just starts being your attitude. Uh, it just starts feeling like it's built into the way that you act. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, I've faced a whole bunch of challenges. I mean, I, I remember, I remember one of them was, so I was at fast company for like three, you know, three something years. And, um, and eventually, eventually just me and the magazine just kind of went, we just like went in different directions. The magazine that I started at three years prior was not the magazine that it was by three years after, like it just, you know, these things, these things happen. They, they kind of shifted their focus and it wasn't really the focus for me. And, and so we had decided that it wasn't really, it like wasn't, it wasn't a fit anymore. And I, I continued to do video for them, but it was a part-time thing. Like I, and I, I left full-time. So now I needed a full-time job and uh, my wife was pregnant and, uh, so, and I was the provider of healthcare and it was not, it was scary. And, uh, mm -hmm. I remember, 
I remember, um, um, I remember I went out to, so I live in New York and I went out to San Francisco for actually a, a, a fast company video shoot. I was, I was hosting a series for them, but I was a freelancer and we took this ferry over to see our cousins. So we're like out on this boat and my wife is just sitting there and I'm standing at the edge and I'm just like looking out onto the water. And I just feel this, I, I, I feel, I don't know why this moment, but I just felt this like sternness. I was like, I, I like, you know, I was like, I was like, I'm still like, I'm staring straight ahead. Like we're like, I, like, you know, I don't know something about the setting. It's like beautiful and this water and you're moving. And I just felt like, I felt like I am holding this together. Like this is weird. I'm on top of this. We are going to do this. And, uh, uh, and yeah, and I got a, I mean, I got a job fairly soon thereafter. It was at Maxim, uh, which was kind of super random for my career, but it was an interesting experiment, experiment over there. They were redoing the magazine and trying to steer it towards a more mature audience. And that seemed like an interesting project and also would allow me to continue to explore a bunch of the other sides of my career in terms of video and stuff that I was, I was looking to do. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, you know what, it, you know what it is. I think that when you say I'm not fucking around to yourself over and over and over again, it sinks in in a way in which you just don't get scared. Like I, I, I don't get scared of change much anymore because I feel supremely confident that I can find something else because because I've spent so long building up very strategically everything that I can do. Like I don't just do one thing, you know. I don't just do magazines. I do video. I do podcasts. I do speaking. I, I do books. Like I just, I'm trying to do everything and that's because I love it, but also because I'm not fucking around. Like I just, yeah. you know, like I want to make the best career possible. And so I'm focused on building that stuff. And that means that when one opportunity disappears, I'm not scared about finding the next one. And you're not afraid to fail then? No. Well, it's not failure, you know, like it's, it's, I mean, what that give that fast company experience experience think i don't consider that failure like i i ultimately lost my job but it wasn't failure like the magazine was doing a different thing and it wasn't my thing so that's not failure i, I you know i don't i don't know in, in a way i guess i guess it maybe it was because i wasn't able to adjust to the magazine but you know what i didn't want to adjust to that magazine i wanted to do other things and i i, I saw what the magazine was doing and I just, I just wasn't into it. Like it just, it narrowed its focus on this particular set of tech companies and that just wasn't my thing anymore. And so I was, I, I was happy not doing it and instead focusing on the things that I was excited about and then building a career off of that. And yeah, that meant losing a job, but that's not failure. That's, that's just pushing forward. Well, and what, what stands out to me is that throughout this conversation, you mentioned it a few times already, but you've had this guiding compass, this mission or... Um, yeah, I guess it's the mission, as you called it, where you want to build a career for yourself. Like, where does that vision come from? And can you describe that in a little bit more detail, like what your vision or philosophy is? Yeah, it's changed over the years. I didn't always think of myself. So, so I started thinking of myself in a very specific way, like I, I very specific role. My my role, my job, uh, my goal is to be a newspaper columnist. That was my that was my literal first goal. Like I got into newspapers as a general re assignment reporter, and my goal was to have a column, have my face in the magazine, you know, in the newspaper, and to be writing opinion and perspective. And then. I changed. I don't know. I just, it didn't seem all that interesting anymore. And I also realized that, that getting there would have to 
take me to all these other places that I didn't necessarily want to go and also maybe get me stuck at some level. Like, you know, like you could get a newspaper column at some mid-sized paper and uh, and then you establish your face and name there and then you're just at that mid-sized paper your whole career. And I was like, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. So then I changed yeah. and I was like, oh, maybe I want to be a features reporter. Oh, maybe I want to be a magazine editor. Maybe I want to be, you know, and I just kind of kept, I just kept changing it. And in the process of changing it, started looking at, I was like uh, looking at myself and saying, what am I doing? What what has, What is my guiding thing here if I'm constantly changing what it is that I want to do? And I came to two realizations. Realization number one is that it's totally okay to set a goal and then not meet it. Like, in fact, it's great to set a goal and be okay not meeting it because the goal, the point of the goal is not to reach the goal. The point of the goal is to just have a direction to move. Like you just need to set somewhere so that you're moving towards something so that you feel momentum so that you're not just like wandering around in the dark, covering your tracks and being okay finding things along the way towards that goal that you might like more that might send you off in some other direction. Like that's fine. So then if that's the case, then the question is, all right, well, but what am I like? What, where do these goals come from? What is the thing that drives me? And I I identified that for me, and I think that for, I think it's going to be different for everybody, of course. And it's actually a really good, it's a, this is what I'm about to say here is is something that I, I really encourage everybody to do for themselves is I, I tried to identify something that is so core to me, so extremely at once specific and abstract that it doesn't relate to one specific job or one specific career even that it is just so, so unbelievably core that so many different opportunities could revolve around it. And for me, that was telling stories in my own voice. That's what I love to do, telling stories in my own voice. You can do that in so many different ways. You can do that in magazines, you can do that in podcasts, on stage, on TV, yeah. whatever. You can do it in so many different ways. And why is that my thing? I, I don't know. It's my thing because it's my thing. Like it's my thing because I've tried a lot about stuff and I discovered that that's what I'm good at and that's what fires me up. And 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 also, frankly, that I just feel like I can keep pushing on that. Like I, I can keep going to new depths on that. I can keep getting better at that in a way that – excites me and that I think brings value to people. And so that's my thing. And uh, that means that I can totally pivot to lots of different kind of, it just creates so many different opportunities when you don't narrow your path. So I don't, it's another reason why I don't feel scared when one opportunity disappears, because I know that my mission is so broad in some ways that I can do it in so many different venues. Yeah. And another thing is that you know, it, it kind of opens up the door for creativity. If if you're telling yourself, I want to tell stories in my own voice, it, that's almost, there's almost an infinite amount of ways you can do that, whether it's writing or video or audio or, you know, digitally or, you know, speaking in front of a, an audience or doing a podcast. And there's, you know, you, you wouldn't have enough time to do every way that you could tell a story. So I think that's a good piece too, yeah. um, to pick something that, that you can get creative with. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you know, I, I went, we, it was funny. One time I was telling some friends this, this little idea and we were at dinner. And so another friend was like, you know what, let's, can we go around the table and everybody at the table just like say what their thing would be. And you know, people hadn't thought about it. So it took them a minute, but it was, it was really interesting to hear because the answers are exactly what you're saying. They're all, they're all broad enough that you can get really creative with them. So people's answers were like, um, I like to build things. 
right? I mean, just so simple, so simple. Um, I like, somebody Mm -hmm. was like, I like to tell important truths. That's what, that's what I want to do. I want to tell important truths. And, uh, and like, these are really, these are really great. Like they're so, it's so, it's so, it's so simple in a way, but so complex. Like, that's what I really like about this idea that it's, it's something that it is what you make of it, but it is also, if you are identified something that, that is truly personal to you, it also is a guiding star. And so it, it just, it works on so many different levels for you. Yeah, that that's incredible. And I think that's a good exercise for anyone yeah. to take and, and figure out. But so when you're thinking about this mantra and you're trying to make the best, most exciting career for yourself, what's the one thing that's holding you back right now from getting to the next level, do you think? Time. <laughs> uh time yeah i i have so i structure my day i and when i say structure that's like being very generous because i it's, a, it's largely on the fly but i i intend for my days to be filled with a little bit of everything that i do so again, I, I run Entrepreneur Magazine. I also have two podcasts. I do, I have a pub, a, you know, public speaking business, so to speak. Like people hire me to give keynotes. Um, I, uh, I, I wrote a novel with my wife. And so we're, mar- we're, we're plotting the marketing for that thing. It comes out in October. I developed this website called Crossing.us. It's a search engine for street names. And, um, and, then, and then I have a bunch of other little stuff. And so I want to, and then I do video and, you know, TV. And and so I want to make sure that my day contains a little bit of all of that. I like, I like the idea of kind of trying to move everything forward at the same time. But of course there are, there are times where one thing, usually the magazine, which rightfully so it's the thing that is actually my full-time job and my employer, uh, uh, the magazine takes up most of my time, right? The magazine is like 80 to 90% of my time. And Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are there are times where serving the large role means that sometimes I don't have time for the other ones, and that can be frustrating at times because the magazine is also the thing that I know how to do the best. You know, like I, I I've spent my entire career preparing to run a magazine. I've I've worked at every level of a magazine. I know how to do it. And so it's very very satisfying to do it. I love doing it. But I also want to be mindful that just doing something that you know how to do does not grow you. And so while I love running the magazine, I also want to make sure that I'm creating opportunities during my day to push myself into directions where I don't I'm not as competent and I need to be more competent. And so that means like going on TV and speaking for me are really, really important, not just because I love doing them. I do, but because I'm not as good at those things as I am at running a magazine. And that means that I need to spend more time doing them. I need to spend more time being on stage and not having a great answer to something or, you know, being, being on TV and like not having the quick comeback to somebody's question. Like I, I need to do that because then I, then I leave that moment and I process it and I think, how could I have done that better? And then I come up with a solution. And then the next opportunity I have, I try out the solution. I love that thought process. And I just don't do that thought process as much with the magazine because it just comes more naturally to me. You know, so, um, so in a way I just, I I just wish I had more time. I had more time to devote to all Mm. the things that I'm not as good at because then I'd be, I'd be going through that process more and I'd be getting better at them faster. When sticking on that that same vein, just real quick, how do you structure your day then? Like, what time do you get up? When do you work on some of the activities you just mentioned? Uh, so I get up. 
Well, it depends on the day. So I, I have a two and a half year old. So my wife and I switch yes. off nights uh, or switch off mornings. So like today I got up at 645. That's when the kid gets up. And um, and then I'm usually I'm usually with him. Um, like just being with him and getting ready for the day takes me to like 8 p.m. or 8 p.m. 8 a.m. Oh, my God. I'm glad <laughs> it doesn't take me to 8 p.m. Uh, uh, it takes me to 8 a.m. And um and then, and then I try, you know, I get, I have to drop them off at daycare. So I get to the office around like nine 30. So I, you know, I realize like, you know, there are people who get to work like way, way, way earlier than me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, and that's not me, but I do frequently, if I can get him occupied on something, um, sometimes he's playing with his toys or, or just video in the morning. Then I work on other stuff. Like that's when I, I like built my personal website and I developed my newsletter and, and sometimes yeah. I'm editing podcasts. Like I do that. So I'll do that in the morning when he's occupied. Like that's, I try to find that time. And, uh, and similarly at night, sometimes, um, if he, you know, I get home and he, if he's occupied, um, or after bed, I'll be working on that stuff. If I, if I need to, uh, almost always after dinner and after my kid goes to bed, I'm doing something between the hours of 8 PM and like 10 30 when we go to bed. And then during the day, it's uh the day it's just it's just it's total it's like a total mishmash um it, it in a way my day my days roll with the cycle of production for the magazine so there are weeks where it's very very magazine intensive and then there are so what tends to happen is that there are like weeks where it's magazine intensive and then the week like the week that we're in right now is the week after magazine production um and so that's the week that i pushed all the meetings and requests like this that were asked of me before magazine production i was like we'll just do that the week afterwards so then that week gets insane with meetings and other things and um and then and then after that week is when i is when i like have some downtime and i get to work on all the other stuff. Um, and then I just fit, you know, I fit it in as I go. Um, so I, I mean, I'll give you, you know, you know like here, I, my, my calendar today, I know this, my answer has gotten like super long here, but, um, but I, so I'm looking at my calendar. I have something on the hour, every hour. So I have this, so the next, uh, the next hour I have, um, somebody coming in to, I'm interviewing her for an episode of problem solvers, which is my podcast. Then it, um, then, uh, one of my podcasts, then I've got a call with a writer. Then I've got another, somebody else is interviewing me for their podcast. Then I've got a meeting for like an, uh, like a new project at entrepreneur. Um, and then, oh, and then another one after that. And then what the hell is this? This is another podcast interview. Uh, no, no, this is, this is a, a startup coming into meet with me that I said yes to because you know I try to I try to say yes to to meetings like almost at random just to just so just to kind of add some surprise to the day sometimes you meet really interesting people yeah. um and then uh, and then after that I'm I'm um I'm running out and I'm, I'm meeting somebody for coffee who works at another company so um so it's just it's like a lot of meetings and calls and stuff <laughs> um yeah. and every day is well, different. Every day is different. well I think it's important that you uh the, the thought of not having empty space on the calendar, so you're you're not procrastinating. You get a lot done that way. Whether whether you get into the office at six or you get in at ten, um, you can still get the same amount done if you pack it up. So yeah, um, you and know, you know what I use? You know, one. Yeah. Uh, I just I mean what? this is this is like the simplest thing in the world. Um, I just I use the reminders app on the 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 one that is on the uh, it's just sort of like the house app on the MacBook, and then it syncs to the reminders app on the iPhone. And, um, yep. and I, so I throw everything that I need to do in there. So when, when I do have downtime, if I do have downtime, like, you know, 
if I block something out for an hour and it lasts half an hour, I got half an hour. Um, and instead of going to Reddit or whatever, uh, I look at the, I, then I have the reminders and I look at it and I'm like, Oh, I got to do that thing. And, uh, and then I go and I, and I go do that. So there's something, there's like always like a fallback. I've got my, I've got like my schedule and then I've got like my backup schedule. <laughs> so, um, so by, yeah. by the end of the day, I feel, I feel like mentally exhausted, but yeah, but it, it, which is a good feeling. It's, it's a great feeling. It, ma- it makes it feel like I poured everything out. You know, like I'm not taking, I'm not taking like stuff home that belonged at work. Yeah. And, and I think that's, again, I think that's really important to, to try to pack that in and, and get the most out of your day. And, and I, I might take a page out of your book on that reminders piece. Um, but one last question for you um, is you, you mentioned your podcast a few times. Um, I know you have two podcasts. One's Problem Solvers, one's Pessimist Archive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I want to stick on the latter one for this last sure. question. And generally, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's about inventions throughout time that at the time they were widely not accepted and now today are you know massively successful, like the bicycle or coffee or things like yeah. that. And so my question is, if you can answer this in, in you know, a sentence or two, um, how, how do you think it's determined between a great idea that people don't accept at the time, like the bicycle versus just a bad idea? Um, and and why those, those some of those ideas turned out to be such success su- such successes versus ones that are just terrible ideas and everyone knows. Mm. Uh, that's a really great question. I, I mean, I could go on and on and on. Since you asked me to do it in a sentence, I'm going to do it in a sentence because it fills a need. Period. Mm-hmm. Like those things fill a need in a way that in a way that I think a lot of times we I mean, a lot of technologies that we see today that get poo pooed don't fill a need. They, they, they just, they just don't like there are, there are solutions in search of problems. And I see a lot of that. Like I went to CES and I saw the machine that is the size of a washing machine that folds your laundry. That does not fill a need. Like it takes as long to get the clothing into that machine as it does to fold it yourself. It does not fill a need, yeah. you know? So, uh, but the bicycle felt f- filled a need. It filled a hell of a need. In fact, it filled so much of a need that fulfilling that need scared people. That's often that's often the case. Or the, the, one of the, you know, the reason that people were afraid of the bicycle is that suddenly it gave people an ability to move from place to place, especially women. People yeah. were freaked out about that, that women were able to suddenly go wherever they wanted. Oh my God, mm-hmm. how scary. You know, like that's how people were thinking. And so, if but it filled a need. And then, and, and I think that the whole world knew that there was that need there and that they were happy that that need was unfilled. And then as soon as that need was filled, the world was like, oh my God, now things are different and we don't like that things are different. And that's why people were opposed to the bicycle, but that's why the bicycle stayed around. It's it's so funny. You just said that about how it frightened people that women could go anywhere. I was just listening to a Joe Rogan podcast where they got into the origin of high heels. It's because you can't move fast in high heels. You can't like run on them. How crazy is that? Wow. Fucking weird. But, uh, seems to know all that crazy at the same time. Um, well, I know we're at the bottom of the hour here, and if we had all day, we'd, we'd keep going. I know you you have a busy schedule. Is there anything? Um, well, one, you know, folks, listen to his uh, podcast, check out his book coming out in the fall here. But any last messages for the for the listeners here, and, and where can we find you on social and across the web? Yeah, thanks. So, I mean, my like, so I mean, I guess my my last message is is. Um, 
like just do like just do the the you know we we talked a lot about um like you know not, i'm not fucking around and finding motivation and all that stuff but like all that stuff starts with just doing like I, I wouldn't have known i wouldn't have gotten to any of the insights that i have that i offered during our conversation if i didn't start somewhere even if where i started sucked because it sucked. I hated that first job, but that first job taught me so, so much. And, and the most important thing it taught me is what I do want to do and what I don't want to do. And then I took the next step and then I just, I just learned the same thing. What do I want to do and what don't I want to do? And, uh, and, and I, and I moved along. And if I hadn't taken that first job, if I'd sat on the sidelines and I was like, well, you know, I really want to work in national magazine. So I guess I'll just wait to see if I can get a national magazine job. Like then I would have never gotten a national magazine job. No, instead I started at the very, very bottom because that's what was available to me. And then I worked my way up and I, I advise it just, I just advise everybody to do some version of that. I mean, listen, start as high as you can, if you can, but do not be afraid to start at the bottom because you can still make it to the top. Uh, as for my other stuff, yeah, so let me, I'll just run through it really quick. So there's, um, yeah, so Pessimists Archive uh, is the podcast we just talked about. It's a history of unfounded fears of innovation. And then Problem Solvers is a weekly show I do for entrepreneur. Every episode is about an entrepreneur solving an unexpected problem in their business. And uh, I also, so the novel comes out in October. It's called Mr. Nice Guy. It's a totally different thing. This is, again, me just kind of stretching myself. So it's about two people who sleep together each week and then critically review each other's performance in a magazine. <laughs> Uh, yeah. That's unreal. Yeah, it's gonna. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so it's called Mister Nice Guy. I wish you could. I wish you could go on Amazon and like pre-order right now, but it, it's like not even there yet. It's coming out on St. Martin's Press. So check for that soon. Probably, you know, surely by the summer, people will be able to pre-order. And um, um, Entrepreneur. Let's not forget. So Entrepreneur Magazine. Uh, it's um, you know, it's just. I, I hope uh, and intended to be a great source of inspiration for people. Almost like a little mini mini business book, um, like a mini business school. Um, but in the, in the, in the most colorful possible way, it's not dry at all. We, we get into real people's stories and real people's shit. And, uh, and let me give you, um, let me give you the listener right now, uh, a special offer, which is that if you go to entrepreneur.com slash insider, again, entrepreneur.com slash insider and use the promo code insider um we'll hook you up with a dollar subscription so can't get more uh low barrier to entry than that uh, entrepreneur.com slash insider promo code insider and then also if you want to stay in touch with me uh my social media on twitter and instagram is both hey pfeiffer which is h-e-y f as in frank e-i f as in frank e-r or go to my website jasonpfeiffer.com where you can you know find all those links and also um a way to sign up for my newsletter which i put out every month and boy, that's awful. There, and the and the and the newsletter is called Five for Five. And there's no limit on the way that you can engage with this guy. He's all over the place. I didn't want to interrupt you, but just on your last piece of, of just doing, I have to give a prompt. Fuck yeah, yeah. love that. And um, on that, man, we we appreciate the time. And um, to the listeners out there, we'll we'll be back next week with a new episode. But thanks so much. Hey, thanks Jason. for having me. I appreciate it. Jason Pfeiffer. Drop us some knowledge for the TR Talk universe. Thank you all for listening. If you want to support the podcast, three things for you. Give us a review on iTunes if you feel so inclined. Hit that subscribe button. It'll feel good. And post us out to the interwebs via your social platforms. Next week, Tommy Tahoe and myself are going to do a little solo action and riff about our morning routines and, and how 2018's been going so far. We'll see you then, folks. Peace.